Hello and welcome to Evergreen Radio. I'm your host, Emmanuel, and today I'm here with a very special guest. Y'all cried. Y'all begged and pleaded for him to come back. Not only is he the very first guest to return, but also the record holder of the most viewed episode so far. The man, the myth, the legend, our very own Ziggy Zen. Woo! Happy to be here, everybody. Thank you all for having me. Really appreciate it. Loved it. Loved it being here. Thank you, Manny, for the kind words. Really appreciate it. Love you. So, Zen, how are you? What are the vibes like today? Vibe check. Vibes are good. Vibes are good. Um, It's all sunny here in Hawaii. Things are going nice. Moved into a new house. Got a Costco card. So, I'm a (laughs) adult now. So things kind of, you know, things are, things are, things are really moving forward. So I like it. Things are okay. So before we start talking about the movie, this episode, I'd like to say rest in peace to George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery. I might've mispronounced his name, but hopefully that's the right way to say it. A very tragic death, unfortunately. And uh, there's a lot of things going on right now, but we'll get into that later in the episode. So today, obviously you can tell by the title. We're going to be covering one of the best movies released last year, mm. in my opinion. Top five uncut gems, mm. which was just put on Netflix May 25th. So go check it out. We're mm. definitely going to be spoiling a lot of things in this movie, like the big ending. So uh, I probably shouldn't even have said that. So, okay. so um, make sure to watch it before you listen to this episode. I don't know if you guys so, know. Oh, oh, what were you saying? I, was to say, I don't know if you guys noticed, but my mic quality is much better thanks to Evergreen Radio Investments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much, Evergreen Radio. For, um, they uh, recently invested into my podcast career and they, you know, helped me contribute funds to supply me with a decent mic. So we're no longer using FaceTime audio. Fuck FaceTime audio. Because <laughs> was not working. Um, but yeah, so thank you, Evergreen Radio. <laughs> of course. So getting into this movie, Zen, are your gems in fact uncut? Um, my gems are in fact cut, as uh, contrary to popular belief. So sorry. I'm not sure if that's a circumcision reference or what, but I... <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> okay, good, good, because my gems are cut. I didn't think you'd answer. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, <laughs> On a public no. platform. But uh, so first... Do anything for the pod. That's so first, how do you feel about the movie? What oh. what would you rate it like five out of five? Oh, out of, out of five? Oh, jeez. What's say- your letterbox rating? What's your letterbox oh. review? Oh, my God. I would say a solid, let's see. Um, probably a solid like four point eight to four point nine out of five actually four point seven four point seven out of five such an odd number i had to i had to be specific well what what did you like about it and what didn't you like about it um some of the things that i really really liked about it was that i just really liked the usage of chaos and the intensity that were that was involved within the scenes to sort of capture the audience um at all really at all times it was just like an emotional roller coaster the entire uh, way and it was just a thrilling ride to be a part of i thought that was really cool um it was just like i mean something's always happening and sorry there's a fly on my wall i just killed it anyways um (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, it was just a really interesting ride to be a part of. And it was just something that was thrilling. It was something that was exciting. It was like high energy. It was always something going on and it just kept you at the edge of your seat at all times. And not necessarily in the sense of like, for me, it kept me on the edge of my seat and sort of an anxiety perspective and not necessarily like, Oh, I'm scared or like, Oh, like I'm what's going to happen or like, da, 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 da. like it was just like so much going on. It was such an overload. And that's like what really captivated me and just got my blood pressure rising. So yeah, that's one thing I really um, liked about it. Um, of course, Adam Sandler's character was just superb. It was just played excellently. And I think it really just showcased his comedic and uh, his, his comedic side and his high energy persona and it just really portrays him as sort of like this sly, conniving and like resourceful character that we, we could always manage or that we could see that always manages to just walk away by the skin of his teeth. And I thought that was really just beautifully plain or wait, played, played. Oops. But yeah, yeah I have I have a theory that he's actually like that in real life and he wasn't acting. <laughs> exactly. I have a feeling that it feels like that. It just feels so natural for him to be such a grimy, you know, like scheming character all exactly. the time all the way through exactly. but um i got that impression yeah. when i watched jack and jill i knew something was up <laughs> i hate that movie i can't believe i watched it exactly me neither yeah it's directed by the safety brothers who also directed good time which is such a good movie in pretty much the same aspects and mm-hmm. i feel like they're making a whole new genre because it's technically suspense you know that's mm-hmm. already a genre but they, mm-hmm. it's not even suspense. It's just anxiety the mm-hmm. whole way through every single time. Like in Good Time 2, that's a really anxiety-filled movie really? as well. But I mm-hmm. think in Uncut Gems, they really hone in on their skills and they, they make it a little better than Uncut Gems, just by a little bit. They're both really good movies. Yeah, I, I really support what you said about the whole new genre of movies that is coming out about this sort of, I guess, captivating the audience through just indulging in that sort of anxiety that in sort of harnessing that within people and just just kind of fueling those flames a little bit i think that's definitely i don't really watch a lot of movies that are like that like that are very like or i haven't seen very many i mean i like seen some movies here and there but i haven't really seen that many that sort of perform or i guess like portray the story in the way that uncut gems does and that's it's such a, a high high energy chaotic very anxiety filled storyline and i think that's something that's really noteworthy to take into the future of film because i think it's something that could be turned into something really interesting yeah did you like the fact that it was very high intensity and uh keeps you at the edge of your seat like did that do you have a problem with slow burners that are kind of boring in a sense oh very oh yes i you know me and slow burners we do not get along um some slow burner films just to name off a few um the art of self-defense that one uh the lobster uh both terrible movies i'm sorry but you can write in the podcast if you want to evergreen radio complaints department which is non-existent you can really just testify on how those movies you might think be good but they're really not i'm sorry i just don't like those movies um this movie i just really like the way that it was just so high energy and fast-paced because i felt like that contributed to the realism and most importantly and I think that's like yeah. sort of like, you know, that, that that's like life. You know, he lives in he lived in New York, right? Like it was New York. Yeah, it's literally like it's the energy of the city. Yeah, it's the hustle and, and bustle city. Like and everything, even at this from the start of the movie, every person talks over each other. Like there's chatter in the background when the main yeah. character is talking still. 
it's just like real life. It's not like quiet where it's just subtle. But hearing that in a movie, I watched this in theaters. It made me super uneasy. And I don't know if you felt the same way. I was just like, mm-hmm. uh, I was starting to get pissed off at the movie and just hating everything in my whole life at that point. Cause I just, yeah, but it's so, it's so good in that way. Like it's that, that's the intention. Exactly. And I think that's really interesting. I think it's just, it, it's they they skillfully executed that in a way that is like, it's very realistic. It's very, you know, it gives a lot of credibility and a lot of validity to the story and sort of the setting. It really puts you in the movie like very, very well. Like it puts you in the conversation, it puts you in the room, it puts you in these different scenes. And you just, I felt like I was really there a lot more so with this aspect. Do you think Adam should have got at least an Oscar nomination for best actor? I, I personally do because I feel like that this role that he played is, is a lot more contrary to what he usually plays. I mean, I don't watch every Adam Sandler movie. Don't get me wrong. You know, like I, I don't meet ride this guy every time he he's in a movie or whatever, but I do keep track of like, you know, the characters and different things that he's played. But I liked, I think, I think the reason I think I would personally um, nominate him for such an award, just because I feel like it's so different from what he's done and he portrays it so well that it's kind of scary. Like he's like, this jewelry shop owner who's like, you know, he's, he's, he's pulling all the strings and he's making all these deals and lie and doing these little white lies here and there and da, 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 da. And it's like, business is business. Yeah, exactly. He's like super sleazy. But when we look at Adam Sandler, we're like, God damn, that's like, that's a hundred Zen percent spot on. Boom. Trademark that. (laughs) You know, what's funny. I actually had a manager who was kind of like him, super sleazy and just not a good person. And he actually had mm-hmm. like the goatee and kind of could look like Adam Sandler if you wanted to, like a Mexican Adam nice. Sandler. Nice. Crazy. So the the lead actors, the the nominations last year were Antonio mm-hmm. Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver mm-hmm. for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, obviously, who won, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. So I haven't seen Pain and Glory or The Two Popes, but... I think I'm yeah, a favorite I, of the two popes, probably, and put Adam in there. Of course, yeah. I think definitely here in that nomination a little bit more. Even if I haven't seen these movies, I still don't care. I think it doesn't matter. Still, <laughs> he earned it. He was great. How did you feel about Julia Fox's character? That's Jules in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about Julia. She's like the um. She's kind of like. You, would you simp for her? Of course, I would simp for her. Duh. Like <laughs> she's a ride or die. Like I was telling Christine this, but this. She she was she's a ride or die, you know. She she is about it. Like she is, she is the crazy. Okay, and everybody swears they don't love crazy, but I'll tell you what, they do. And she brings it all to the table. They do. We we love crazy man. Give it, give it to it, man. Give us the crazy bitches. We want no, only when you're young. I think I think older men are. They had their crazy and they want you know a nice simple. Maybe yeah. Simple Maybe yeah, but her 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 character was. She wasn't that crazy though. She I was. Mean, uh, she did kind of do that with the weekend, but other than that, she was pretty. Yeah. She was pretty loyal. The tattoo scene—that is the funniest scene in the whole movie to me because so he's breaking down and he's like, "Everything's going wrong. I want to die." And she shows him the tattoo of his name that she got on her body, like on her butt, I think. On her ass. <laughs> And right. he's crying. He says, I don't deserve it. I don't. <laughs> and then 
fully simping. And then he says, because he's Jewish, he says, I can't, we can't even get buried together. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the funniest line in the whole movie to me. I laughed so hard every time he says that. But yeah, do you, I was going to ask Adam, he plays uh, Howard Ratner, mm-hmm. who's basically a gambling addict. He just gambles with anything basically his whole life. Mm-hmm. Do you relate to his character to the extent that, you know, we all, I feel like we all gamble with something like, you know, money in particular. I feel like everybody gambles, like a student might yeah. debate with themselves about sleeping versus doing an assignment. I think we've all done that. Do yeah. you feel, do you relate in any way? Mm, I guess one sort of, well, one way I can sort of segue into answering that question is that when I was writing the notes for this, um, like probably about 20 minutes ago, um, <laughs> I would, one of the themes that I put, I put life is the ultimate gamble and it's all about how well you know how to play the game right. Um, and I felt like kind of what you're saying ties into, of course, it ties into the, it's like, this is a theme that's evident within the movie, but it's also evident within life in general. And it's just because it's like, sort of presents this idea that our circumstances and advantages are just so unique to us. And it's sort of our job to play the cards that we have carefully and skillfully. And I think that's really the ultimate one of the ultimate messages of this movie is that I do feel like I sort of, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really, I don't gamble money, of course, but I do take chances. Loser. Yeah, exactly. I'm broke. So yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't, I gamble. It's, it's different. You know, I don't gamble in the sense of like money. I gamble in the sense of like chance or like I, I gamble in the sense of like taking a risk or like, you know, um, for new experiences. Yeah. Like new experiences. That's a really good one. Um, I gamble in different ways. And I do think that is sort of that is sort of represented in the movie in a different way. But that overall universal idea is still there. Yeah. What you said was very interesting because I was listening a few days ago. I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast with Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. And he, Kevin says, basically, life is literally a game and you just leveling up. You want to keep leveling up and you don't want to ever stop. Very true. And he articulates it way better than I ever could. If you're interested, go listen to it. It's really, mm-hmm. it's a really good motivational podcast. Like it's just two hours of straight motivation and you feel so pumped when you're done with that one. But nice. going back to the gambling thing, I, I feel like I do gamble sometimes. Like I participate in the stock market. Oh my so God. I guess I do gamble with the money. You know, I, I invest and we know make my, I make profits. I don't think I've taken a huge loss yet. Maybe like a few, maybe 30 bucks, but that was mm. a bad call. Um, and I was like really new to it. But mm. other than that, I mean, I do gamble with my sleep schedule. Like, oh, I'll do that thing where you calculate. Like, if I stay up till 4 a.m., I can I can sleep for five hours and that, that should be good by then. You exactly. know, like that's good. Stuff like that. But yeah. I don't really gamble to the extent that Howard yeah. does in the movie. This is a little, yeah, this is a little extreme. But I do feel like in life we always are taking chances and are always sort of putting ourselves into the unexpected about halfway through the movie mm-hmm. i think it was the part where he sells the ring that kg gave him mm-hmm. yeah he like loans, he, yeah, yeah, he pawns it or loans it or whatever pawns it for money yeah it was either that part or the part where he's getting chased through the school and that part's hilarious too and He's like, you had your pool resurface with my money. And he's like, pool resurface. I don't have a. <laughs> he's just like, that. Uh, this movie's so good. It adds such a comedy aspect to such an intense movie. 
It is really great. Cool. You got to really catch it. Yeah. But it was either one of those two scenes where I said, man, I hope at the end he dies. So huh. I can just, I can know that, that this is, chapter is closed and I don't have to worry about the family oh or anything like that. Oh. I don't have to worry about him making more decisions, like terrible decisions. I just hope he died. I, I, I said it in my head. No. And when it happened, it was kind of a shock because I didn't think they would go through with it. Oh my God. It was, it, I blinked and I was like, what the, and I, and it just, he's on the ground and I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, what? I felt like that was such a, I don't know. It was just like, when I look at the ending and the way that it was constructed, I'm sort of, when I analyze it a little bit more, I'm just like, shit really hit the fan. Like it really hit the fan, like quick, like really quick. Like you thought, you thought everybody was going to be cool. They came out the door, you know, they're going to get paid their money. No, 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 no. They were mad. Everything went sideways. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> they left me in that little cage for like two hours or whatever. It was a whole basketball game. Those things are like two, three hours. Exactly. And I hate basketball. Well, I don't hate basketball, but I don't like watching sports. So like I, I would love basketball. I would die. Like I, I'm, oh, that's horrible. I felt like at the end, I feel like everyone who was in the theater when they were leaving, I felt like we all felt like the the guys who were trapped in the glass cage, the mm-hmm. bots. And when they get out, they just look exhausted and they're all sweaty and yeah. gross and, and they're kind of angry. I felt we all felt like that, just completely unsettled. But I don't know. It was weird. Exactly. It's very exhausting. It's a very exhausting yeah. to up with. This is not something you just put on and chill out to. This is like no. intense. You could probably only watch it a few times because it is a lot to package into one thing. Yeah, it, it just stresses me the hell out. I'm like, Jesus, like, but it's good. Even the beginning, from the beginning, when there's a crowd in Ethiopia, or where I'm pretty sure it's Ethiopia, it was where yeah. it's a crowd of people, like, and they're all blaming the bosses or whatever, and everyone's yeah. screaming and yelling. It just starts off like that, and it has that cool sci-fi music to it. Yeah, that I don't was know if you cool. noticed. Yes, I did notice it. I mean, it how did added, for me? It added more anxiety because it strings it on. Like the yeah. chords are just strung on, so like they're just going on longer and longer, and it's just weird. And it, it felt not fitting at first when I first watched it. But the second time I watched it, it it felt like it fit. It just added to it. Yeah. See, I remember when we were watching it, me and Christine, we she was bringing up like this idea. She was like, why is the music so weird? And I wasn't <laughs> thinking about it. And I was like, you're kind of right. The music is like, like, so, like some really intense scenes will just happen. And then you hear like, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, or something weird. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. You hear some like, I don't know, some fucking sci-fi music or something. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what is going on? Like, I, I don't know. I have no legend idea. says that um, Elon Musk's son actually scored the whole movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was there <laughs> making the movie. He was like, "Have you seen The Great Gatsby? The movie? Never. Uh, never mind. There's this character, and he plays the piano, and he looks all disgruntled, and his hair is all disheveled, and he basically lives just to play the piano in this in Great Gatsby's house, and hmm. he's." He just looks super like exhausted, but he just keeps playing the piano. <laughs> That's what Elon Musk's son is gonna look like. Oh my god! Jeez. But uh, so calculator. <laughs> Howard's character—he obviously makes bad decisions. But mm-hmm. I was wondering, do you feel bad for his character at all? Like the fact that he's in this giant mess. 
you know, I was really thinking about that throughout the film. I was like, damn, is this, do I really care about this guy? Like, but then I kind of did because it was like, when he died, how did you feel? I felt sad. sad. I felt so sad. I was so sad. Like, I know how I always like complain about how I love concrete endings and I need specific, you know, endings that are just very cut and dry. Like, boom, I know what happens. This one, I didn't want to know that. <laughs> like, I would have rather not. Like, I kind of wish they didn't kill him off. I mean, uh, it's just, it's just, I, I swear, like, if I, it had an open ending, you would have been mad. No, exactly. Exactly. I would have been mad. But, it, you know, it's just, uh, I was there with him. You know, I, we, we were there. We followed him through this journey. And then, you know, you go through all this and then it's over in like a second. And then it's like nothing even mattered. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say I feel bad for him i mean i did feel, I, I can't lie i did feel bad because he just he was digging his his grave just way too deep and every foothold that he tried to get a hold of just kind of caved in and didn't even help him get out of this pit he was like just such a weaselly character but so many people kind of bullied him like so many people did him wrong in the movie to the point where it wasn't even his fault yeah. but he did dig his own grave like you said like the guy uh KG or Damani? Damani. He like left him at the basketball. Yeah, that was fucked uh, up. The gym. He made him ride the bus home. The bus. How Exactly. And then they meet at the club and he's like, I don't have it. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm here to watch the weekend like everyone else. Yeah, that's rude. And he said he would bring it too. Like, it wasn't even Howard's fault with that. Or like the guys just being overly aggressive. <laughs> or the part in the beginning where he's like, do you want some water? Here's some water. And then the guy just slaps him. Yeah. And he's like, I told you, I don't want no fucking water, bro. Exactly. That's just, yeah. oh my God. I that, feel bad for him in a way, but at the same time, it's like, you keep doing this to yourself. Yeah, exactly, bro. You could have just owned a jewelry shop and you could have just made money off of that. You didn't have to do all this extra stuff. You already have a pretty well, he nice. Actually, he actually did uh not character studies, but he would study gamblers, like gambling, gambling addicts. He would study them and talk to them and ask them questions. And he would also talk to jewelers too, to get this character right and try to construct it in a, in a good way. Oh, you're talking about outside of the movie. I thought you meant inside. Yeah. yeah. The funny part is they kind of rejected this film, I think twice. Really? Yeah, Yeah. Back in 2012, when it's, where it's originally taking place, uh, I believe the Safdie brothers sent the script to his agent and he, they were basically like, nah, I don't, he's not going to do this. No, and they, yeah. they rejected it twice and he finally accepted it. And it became one of the greatest movies of, of the year when it came out, 2019. Jeez. Such a, it was so good. What an uncut gem. <laughs> but, um, it's such a cool name too. Exactly. Works really good. I did have one more thing that I thought was kind of cool. Sort of something to reflect. On. I, I felt like through this movie, it was really evident to see that everybody in life kind of has a boss and we're all kind of just co- controlled units that serve a superior force. And I was like really thinking about that because it's sort of like he owes, like somebody owns this, he owns this. Well, you got to do this. Like you're always fulfilling. Obviously, it, it portrays life as this endless cycle of fulfilling somebody else's needs at your own expense. And I think that was a really dark like meaning to sort of portray and communicate to the audience but it's so true like you know what i'm saying like we work our asses off for systems and and you know things like that that don't really pay us they they won't pay us any mind as much as we give to them 
And I think that's just, I don't know. I was like, I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, this is, this movie's kind of deep. Getting a little intense. That is true. What you just said. That's scary. That's such an existential thing to take away from this movie. But uh, like you were saying before, this is what I meant to say. I said he basically makes bad decisions for himself all the time. But the thing is, it's so great in that it even shows us in the beginning how he makes bad decisions because he's cheating on his wife with this girl, Jules, who works for him. And basically, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's a... She's kind of like a sugar baby slash girlfriend type thing. She is. It's kind of a relationship because it's reciprocated. Like, she actually cares for him. Yeah, she does. She actually does. She pulls through. That's why I said she's a ride or die. Like, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm, simping. Of course I'm simping. Like, bring, you know... I was gonna say something, but I'm not gonna say that on on, on the podcast. But. Well, fun fact: you actually would need to simp for her because no one knew who she was. This was like her very first movie. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and she apparently she had like not an essay, I guess an article she wrote came out about love before the movie came out. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. And she's kind of an artsy kind of gal, kind of into you know making art and stuff. Really? And she talked she- about love, and she said. Basically, I can't even like a guy unless I know I have kind of control over him. Mm, that's, so, ooh, that's, that's something. Yeah, that's something. Terrific. And I think that's great because that's her character. She kind of has control over at Well, not really. He does pull off when she tries to have sex with the weekend. Yeah. And she, then the power dynamic is changed. The power dynamic is definitely changed. But I in think... the beginning, in the beginning, she he's like, it's 1030. You're not even awake yet go to work it's time to wake up and she's like come here i know you want to cuddle come here and then he just falls into her trap very relatable her coochie trap cooch trap trademark trademark yeah i think definitely with your wait did you just say you relate to that anyways moving forward (laughs) anyways um so we uh fuck what was i saying um, I think her character is really sort of like, I like her character because it kind of just like fans the flames really of the entire movie of the plot. Like she's, a, she's an instigator. She adds, you know, she adds to the chaos in a way, but she also tries to like kind of soothe it as well and sort of calm things down, um, you know, and like it's her character is very interesting because it's like, I could definitely see a good handful of people that I even know act like this. You know what I'm saying? Like people like who are instigating. I would say more so in the sense of like sugar, sugar baby, toxic, you know, Janae Iko, Big Sean type vibes, stuff like that. That's Do what you I, relate the word sugar baby to being toxic. No, no, I don't, because I've, I've only been one. That's why, I've never been both. <laughs> That's why <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into it, folks. We'll get. It. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You have you ever you've never seen the movie Don John? Have you? No, I haven't. I have not. It's basically, we might cover it. I was thinking about covering after doing a little month-long experiment. Y'all will have to see. Tune in. Tune in. It's this movie about this guy who's basically addicted to porn. Nice. He's even, he's even like, I I, I like porn more than sex. I can't even, you know, he says like porn, you know, it's whatever you want, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he has this girlfriend who's very, New Jersey-esque. They're both very New Jersey. Jewish. But she, 
but the the girl who plays the main girl is Scarlett Johansson, mm. and honestly, the character in that Jules, uh, Julia Fox or Julie Fox, whatever. Yeah, her name is, she definitely should have taken Scarlett Johansson's place. She would have been the perfect amount of toxicity for right. that character. I, mm-hmm. That's just a little unrelated side note I wanted to mention. Mm, Go ahead. Yeah. Well, first, the movie ends how it starts with that weird psychedelic in the diamond and then it ends like by going to the bullet hole yeah you're going in the asshole yeah the the colonoscopy scene yes thank you very much yes that's actually exactly how they look a colonoscopy i would know because i've had one done (laughs) i was there i conducted it folks i promise you dr zen was in the house as the kids say we was in them cheeks promise exactly i remember after i was so high off the drugs that i was saying what it I was like that nurse in there. Is she single? What's up with her? Like, and she was the one that she has gave been me the anesthesia or whatever. She saw like, my cheeks. She was in your ass. The, the guy nurse was like, "Oh, unfortunately, she's married." And she's like way older than me. She's like thirty, maybe. Nice, nice. And she's, she's like, she's married, and I'm like, oh, I can, I can give her more than he can. I, I promise. It was just so funny. And then we went to get waffles and I was acting so awkward because the drugs just made me feel so weird. It felt like I was being watched, like paranoia in the waffle house for some reason. Nice. What drugs? I was like, I don't know what drugs it was on, but it was weird, loopy. It made me loopy. Like Mm. I couldn't drive home or anything. But let's get more into the sugar baby type character. Uh, Mm. have Have you ever had a sugar daddy or anything like that, Zen? And what's your opinion on sugar daddies and the whole relationship oh. aspect? So, all right. You know, I don't know if you, forever you guys know me in my personal life, you might not suspect this. Or even <laughs> you guys on the pod. You know, I've been around the block a few times. Okay. You know, I've, I've been around. You're uh, a fellow thought? No, I'm not a thought, but I have met quite a bit of people. Quite a bit. Um, and there are some settings that I really just thrive in. But anyways, besides... Oh, no, 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 no. Don't skip over that. What, what kind of settings are these? Are these like strip clubs? No, 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 no. Are you no. stripping, Zen? Are you no. shaking it for dollar bills? No, I... No, only for 20s. And I really just thrive in social settings, I would say. You're going to Epstein's Island? No, I did not go to Epstein's Island. I hate that. Anyways, um, so yes, I I guess I would say I had a sugar daddy. It just wasn't the typical setup, I guess, that is commonly portrayed. Um, well, I knew- actually, oh, oh. I want to get this. I want to kind of interrupt you. Sorry. You can interrupt. But me. I looked, I did research for the sugar daddy section of this, of this episode because we I knew see. we were going to talk about this. Of course. And it, it actually very much is common what you did what's common what i did well you you can get into it but what is i feel like sugar daddies it's basically i pay you for sex or whatever i feel like that's the 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 Mm. misconception about it and that's what i thought too but the more i did research the more i found out it's actually this weird relationship like it's yeah it's a it's a weird thing like it's they're they're giving them company they keep them company they go to restaurants they hang out they chill out at the house like it's oh, not yeah. just sex, which some people listening might have thought before they heard this. So, oh yeah, you know, yeah. You, you, Evergreen Radio sex education on the way. Yeah, of course. You know, we're already in the making of that. Of that. So uh, go on, go on with your story. So, what was your what was your story? 
Uh, yeah, just I'm glad Manny sort of debunked the whole sugar baby, sugar daddy thing. It really worked out pretty well. Sorry. It worked out well? Um, uh, no, I didn't say that. But um, what I did say was that I, I'm glad you sort of uh, threw away that old stigma. stigma. Yeah, that stigma or that paradigm that people have about being a sugar baby or like having a sugar daddy. Um, I did not fuck anybody. I promise. I promise. I didn't do anything sexual, actually. Believe it or not. I know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hot stuff, but I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I did, you know. Ain't nobody had a piece of my biscuit. I'll tell you that right now. So what happened was I was at this. It was a. It wasn't a party. Okay, so I was. So I went to Pride Fest, right? So I went to Pride. Long story short, I was at Pride Fest. I went, and then there was Pride at Pride Fest. It was a great fest. A lot of people to talk to. A lot of nice people to meet. I went by myself. I, there was an Did after. You just party. come out? Is this you publicly coming out? What? No, no. What do you mean? No. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. I went by myself because I was a loner and had nobody to fucking go or freaking go with me. Anyways, so nobody went. Um, but anyways, I just, I, no, I wasn't coming out or nothing like that. No, no, no. Anyway, so thank you, Manny, for trying. <laughs> this biscuit is off limits, people. <laughs> it is. Um, so I was meeting people and like, of course, it's like pride. It's everybody's having a good time. And it's it's not as like predatory of a setting as like people might think. I don't know why people always think that like, oh, like, sometimes straight people have this sort of idea that like oh people are gonna hit on us or like something like that or like you know like it's just people they they, they're they're just uncomfortable of over something they don't understand and i want to tell you right now that is not how pride fest is that is not how it the setting is at all it's very nice it's a very like happy a very very friendly very like you know just a very lighthearted setting and it's a very understanding setting and people of all different, you know, sexualities and backgrounds and things like that all kind of come together for pride. Um, so I went to the after party. The pre- the fest was good. Like I went to the fest. I went. I was in the parade. I went to the fest, and it was at like this part, this big park that we have on the island. I live in Hawaii. If you guys didn't know that, I had to flex that. Sorry. Anyway. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyways, so I had to flex that. What happened was there was an after party the next day. And I, of course, I freaking went because I love parties. And it was this pool party, right? And it's at this really nice resort that is on downtown. Or not downtown. It's in Waikiki, which is a um, sort of like this touristy area down in Honolulu um, where a lot of people come. And they have a lot of nice resorts, restaurants, strips, shops, all that stuff. And so there's a really nice resort. And I go to there. It was a pool party, mind you. It was a pool party after party for Pride, Pride Fest. So it was gonna be a, you know, it was, it was gonna be a fuck ton so of gay people there. You was, were taking off your shirt and shaking it for dollar bills. Of course I was. And then, anyways, so I was obviously I was there. You know, I was there for the vibes. I wanted to hang out and see, like, you know, just hang out. Um, and then I just wanted to go to a party, and it was a really cool pool party. Wait, wait, wait. Did anyone hit on you? Huh? Okay. Did wait. anyone hit on you? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So oh, like, okay, okay. party. Sorry. The resort, it was in this, it was like in the pool area. That's where the the pool party was. And it's just nice. And there's an infinity pool and it goes off the edge and it's just beautiful. And they had it decorated super, super nice that would like to tour um, to comply with the pride theme. Really, really fun. Anyways, there was a lot of, there was, I thought it was going to be like a lot of mix of of everybody, you know, like, you you know, males, females, transgenders, like, of course, like every, like, I thought it was going to be a great, like a nice diverse mix of everybody. It was pretty much 99% all gay men. And that's fine. Like, I have no problem, you know, like, I'm here for the vibes, you know what I'm saying? 
I'm here for the, for the gay men vibes. I, I mean, no, I was here for the drinks, the food, and the infinity pool, and that's what I was there for. And I had people like come up to me. It was like, okay, this, I, okay, I'm not saying you know, I'm not, I'm not saying gay men hit purposely hit on straight men. I'm not saying that at all. But I will say, people like to be very sociable, and people like to be very like you know, if, if they think well, you're it's, cute, a, it's a festival. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, no, this was an after party. This was separate from the fest. It's this was still just- a social event. You know, they're gonna come up to you and talk to you. Exactly. So people are gonna come up to you and talk to you if they like think you're cool or whatever, like think you're interesting or attractive. They're gonna want to get to know you. So I'm so in. I the- don't know why someone would go up to you. Exactly. So like my bum ass <laughs> is double cheeked up on this Sunday afternoon. This was a Sunday. I had class the next day. First, I made one friend. He, his name was Tom. He's from New York. Shout out to Tom. If you're listening to this, I love you. Anyways, he's a really, really cool guy. Really super, super cool. Really, really nice. Super funny. Anyways, and then I met one person. And then I sort of like people just kind of come up after you after that. And they just talk to you and like, where are you from? How old are you? What are you? What do you do? Like, da, da, da. Are and you of age? When they, ask, when they ask, it's not when they ask how old you are. It's when they make fun of how young you are. That's how you know they're, they're interested. Like, because I would have people who'd be like, oh, wow, you're so young. Like, you know, uh, you know, I bet you don't know nothing. I could teach you something. Like they say shit like that. And I'm uh. like, oh. Yeah, I'm like, kind of creepy. I'm like, I'm, like oh, uh, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Like, nah, I'm, 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 I'm chilling. That's such but, a weird thing to say to anyone. Exactly, but they're very, very forward. It's very, very, very forward, and it was an interesting experience, an interesting setting to put myself in. And I did meet quite a bit of people. I met a lot of like older men, a lot of like probably like 50s, 60s, um, older like white men. And um, a lot of them were very successful on their own companies, corporations and businesses throughout the island. And they had been very successful. And they asked for my contact information. Was one of them Epstein? No, one of them was an Epstein. They, they would ask for my number and things like that. And like, I would just give it to them and be like, okay, yeah, like whatever. Or not. <laughs> give me this internship. <laughs> no, exactly. I was like trying to take it where I could get it. Cause I was like, I was like, yeah, these guys are cool. Like whatever. I mean, they obviously had different intentions than my dumb self at the time didn't realize. So I met a group. So, so I met a group or a group of guys. Very nice. Very nice. They're in the military and they were super fun. Most of them were, they were just, most of them were like, like just people from, from the, from the island that were part of the military and somewhere like from the mainland basically we we party we go we go to this bar we go to this like it's like a it's like a wing karaoke bar you'd really like it manny i'll probably take you when you come but it's a really nice it's called wing chunks um really good wings and then we went to this house party and then i'm not going to explain like too much we went to a bar house party and then we went to another bar and it was like this is where I met the sugar daddy I'm going to talk about. Let's call him, what should we What should we call him? Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, that's not his name, y'all. For any of y'all that should have looked him up. Jimmy was sitting at the bar and I was like standing around like towards the sides. Mind you, they had snuck me in because I was not of age at the time. And so they snuck me into this bar so I could get in with another person's ID who I didn't even look like. And I was quite offended that they thought I looked like this person, but it's okay, whatever. Anyways, so what? whatever. So he's like, I, I meet him and he's like standing off to the side and he's like, I'm drinking like my drink. It was a Tito's and Sprite classic. And then I was just kind of standing around and then he's like kind of just eyeing me and i'm like oh okay like okay that's nice like who is this mind you this is a gay bar i'm sorry i should have said that this is a gay bar and it's pride weekend so it's freaking packed 
and I'm looking so at this. What is it? I've never been to a bar nor a gay bar. So I, gay bars is or like the cups, like are the are the glasses like in the shape of a dick or like how does that work? Um, no, Manny, they are <laughs> regular glasses. Some some gay bars might have that sort of amenity, but this one did not. It's a pretty much a regular bar. Amenity. Get the fuck. It's pretty much a regular bar. Um, it's just like a club. It's not even like a club. It's like a bar with a little dance floor and there's like lights and like rainbow flags everywhere. And it's just like decorated pretty colorfully. That's and cute. Yeah, it's really it's it's not bad. It's a cute place. Um it's called Hula's. It's a it's one of the infamous gay bars here on the island. And anyway, so I was at this like gay bar and I was having a good time with these people that I just met. And we just got back from a house party. We just got back from another karaoke bar. We just got done from the pool party. Like I was, I was adventuring, bro. Mind you, this is Sunday night. What have, time is it right now? It was like, okay, it was probably like midnight, oh, easily midnight. Like I got home back at like three in the morning and then I had, right. I had class at eight. Anyways. So this eyeing you. Huh? Yes, this, this guy's guy eyeing you now. This guy's eyeing me. He's on the sidelines. I'm kind of doing the little Debbie Ryan side side eye, whatever, you know. The, yeah, that was funny. I see you laugh. Anyways, I'm doing the Debbie Ryan, whatever. He's like kind of just looking at me. And then he kind of just like, he like, he buys me a drink, actually. Like, I've never, nobody's ever bought me a drink before. Like, he, but he bought me a drink. And like, don't worry, guys. Like, I, I watched the fucking dude. Like, I watched the bartender make it. Okay. Like, Wait, I, was it T-Pain? Oh, shut the fuck <laughs> Anyways, he buys me a drink. I go over and talk to him. His name is Jimmy. Let's say that's his name. He's like, hey, how are you? I'm Jimmy. I was like, oh, hi, Jimmy. I'm Zen. And then we just started like talking about he wasn't the thing about Jimmy, though, is he wasn't like he wasn't sexually forward or like anything like that. Like he wasn't hitting on me in any way. Like that's the thing. Like Jimmy was actually just a really, really cool guy. And I didn't even really know he was gay until like after he said that. And so I was like, oh, okay. And he's just really, really, basically, Jimmy is a very, very, very successful man. Very. I did not know this. Like, y'all, I... Did he look it? Did he dress successfully? He was wearing Sperry's jeans, polo. That's it. One thing I will always say, billionaires, not to say he's a billionaire, but, you know, they're the ultra rich. They never dress like they're a billionaire. Like, you have all these middle class people trying to look rich. They never dress like, like... Billionaires always dress like in the plainest clothes ever. They dress mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like a middle schooler, I guess. Exactly. Sorry, continue. It's okay. They don't care. But yeah, he was just, so Jimmy is, Jimmy now is the COO of, and if you don't know what that is, that's um, basically like the guy who's the CEO of a company. There's someone called a COO who controls other CEOs. And these are like people who own companies. He worked in some very, very high positions for um, should I say the corporation or no? I can say the corporation. Just say a very, very successful. Yeah, a very, very, very successful company. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he's a very successful guy and he was very, very wealthy, but I did not know this. And he was super nice. And he was just like really talking to me about like things because I, I obviously go to college and I have I have a degree already, but I'm pursuing further education and trying to become a doctor and things like that. And he really kind of connected with me on like why I wanted to be a doctor and like what spoke to me. And his conversation was just really genuine and it was deeper than, than most conversations I've ever had. And so I was like, wow, this guy's like actually really cool. Like he's pretty chill. Like he's really like, he wasn't really a sugar daddy at the time. He was more of a mentor. And the thing with that was like, he was 
more so i remember he was like hey what's your number i will send you this article on i forgot what it was even on but it was like and so i was like oh okay so he sent them and i read them and i was like wow this is really nice and then he was like yeah he was like do you ever want to go to dinner we can like talk about it and i was like okay i was like um well fuck it i'm hungry i'm broke like i was like why not and i was like yeah sure jimmy you should have said sorry i only eat at five star restaurants so no he took me to a five star restaurant and i was like oh my god so i i dress i didn't dress up but i was like looking wait he took you to benihana's oh my gosh he took me to applebee's guys he took me to applebee's during happy hour and (laughs) (laughs) fun fact uh on reddit someone asked what's the worst restaurant experience you've ever had i scrolled down legitimately like over 500 things applebee's 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 every single one swear to god exactly um yeah uh evergreen radio corporation does not support or condone the eating uh, at applebee's yeah eating at applebee's at all anyways and yeah so he takes me to this really nice restaurant in this like this it's a very nice thai place it's a gourmet thai cuisine they cook everything from scratch it's a five-star restaurant it's really nice and i was like whoa and first he didn't like I guess our relationship, it wasn't really like, it wasn't a romantic or intimate or even like barely even friendly relationship at all. It was like a mentor mentee type of relationship. And he would just really talk to me about, I mean, he, he's the COO of, of multiple like companies. Yeah, multiple pretty medium sized companies, like a, quite a bit. Like he does a lot of things. He's very successful. And he was just really just sort of mentoring me on sort of business uh, practices and things like that. And just sort of outlooks on life that, that were just really interesting to see. And he would, I remember it first started out like that. We had dinner and then dinner kind of turned into like, oh, we can like, we walked, like we went and took a walk like after. And I was like, oh, okay. Like we just took a walk and then we talked and then he like drove me home and stuff. And I was like, okay, like that was it. And then afterwards, like we kind of started, kind of like started going out more. He'd be like, oh, do you want to do coffee or yada, yada? Like every time he would pay every time. And like, I always offer, I was like, no, please like let me pay for my own stuff. And he was like, no, no, no. Like I like, don't even worry about it. And then it was started to become like, he started to support me. Like, uh, he wouldn't really send, he wouldn't send me money. He would b- just buy me things. Like I was like, oh, like I kind of need some new clothes for this. This is like, I wouldn't say that. Like, oh yeah, give me new clothes. Like buy me shit. Like, no, I didn't say that. I would just be like, oh yeah. Like I'm probably going to go like buy some clothes or something like some new swim trunks or something like that. And he would be like, boom, here's some like Ralph Lauren swim trunks. Boom. There you go. Like I just bought them for you. Like he would just, you just buy stuff for me. He would just do things for me. He would like, he just, he just kind of supported me in a way that like, but I didn't, I didn't give him anything. That's the thing. Like I, so this whole stigma of like sugar babies, they like fuck their sugar daddies every single night, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yada, 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 (laughs) three times a day, you know, some of them do, some of them possibly do, but it's, it's actually kind of rare. Yeah, some of them do, but my experience was not like that. I just had someone who was a lot more successful than I was and a lot more uh, stable in life than I was, and he was kind of just helping me out. And eventually, he was like, stepping for you, essentially. Yeah, I guess so, kind of. Like, I mean, but he never was really romantically forward in any way or like wanted to do anything that was just I was uncomfortable with, like, at all, ever. He was very respectful, very kind. Like, I don't even think he really, like, give a fuck, like, like, I don't think he wanted he liked me at all like that like I just think he just wanted to be a really nice guy and he was he was a really 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 nice guy and you know what's funny hmm. sorry to interrupt but okay he 
the first advance he took was kind of with money. He bought you a drink. Like, he bought you something. Yeah, he did. He did buy me something. It was very nice. he offered dinner. He said, do you want to go to dinner? You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that's, that's just interesting. But yeah. also, it's kind of cool because who knows how that night could have ended if it went the other way. Maybe you got too drunk and someone could have taken advantage of you. He could have saved your life and you wouldn't even have known it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But Jimmy is pretty cool, dude. Still have his contact. Our relationship kind of faded. He doesn't really like he's not really. Um, He's on the so his businesses are on the east and west coast. So right now he's on the west coast. Um, So he left Hawaii quite a, a, a while ago. But, you know, maybe I might rekindle that relationship and just kind of keep in touch with him. Not because I want like material items from him, but just, you know, he was nice company and he was really cool. Like it was really great to talk to you. Really, really, really great mentor. But yeah, that's my experience with sugar daddies, I guess. Do you know how old he was? Just to give a reference. Yeah, he was, um, he was like, I would say 40, 40, 41. Yeah, he's like 41. Something like that. It's not very old. Not Not that old, but it's older for us because we're like almost 20 area. He looked young. Like he looked, he looked young. He did like modeling in his like earlier days. Yeah, I saw the pictures. He looks young. Yeah, I showed Manny pictures. Um, but yeah, that's my experience, really. What, what's your opinion on them? You know, sugar daddies and the whole relationship. You know With what? Them, you against them? You you don't care? What, what are you? Whatever makes somebody happy, I'm okay with that. You know, that's really nice for people who have like this person who can provide for them financially and, um that's really cool to have that i mean kind of jealous you know really wish i had my sugar daddy still i wish i kind of had a real one you know like some of them don't even want sex they just want company like they just want you to watch tv with them like they want you to watch fucking jeopardy with them at 6 30 like (laughs) so if you're listening and you're out there and you're looking for a sugar baby zen here he's willing to shake it yeah for the 20s wait no wait no no so do you know who dan brazilian is no, I don't know who that is. He's basically like this millionaire. He's on Instagram. He uh, kind of got traction on there for posting all the crazy stuff he does. He's just a man with a lot of money. He goes on vacations, crazy vacations, spends a lot of money. He all, but in the pictures, he always has like half naked girls around him. Oh, always, I know who this is. I know who this is. He's like the weird beard guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was watching a podcast with him, and he said that he thinks prostitution is one of the most pure forms of a transaction because the worker gets money and the buyer gets the sex. So it's kind of a win-win. They both get what they aimed for. And he compared this to a sugar daddy relationship where feelings come into play and all that stuff. You have to wonder if they like you, if they're not. This girl's pretending to like you. She just wants your money and all that. Yeah. Which essentially is true to that to that extent. So, how do you feel about this statement? You know, most. I'm gonna tell you something right now. Most sugar daddies, quote unquote, we're talking like the big boys, like people who own like millions, billions, whatever. Most of these people are very secure with their money. They're actually not as like, they're they're not as like, I guess, loose with their money, and they're not as like unregulated with their money because. They know that. They know there's people out there who want just want them for their money. And you have to understand these people are businessmen. They they know the game. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. want they're gonna wanna look for people who they know they can like get something out of or yada yada and isn't gonna screw them. Like, you know? 
they like i've heard a lot of stories of sugar daddies of people who are sugar daddies and they basically like it's a very selective and very intense process like you have to devote like almost 100 percent of your time to this person and they're gonna they control all of your life like they control like real sugar real sugar daddies and real sugar babies you get 100 percent of your life like is controlled by another person i mean you you live a great life you know but you are literally that person's because it's your job yeah it's like any other job how you survive Um, yeah actually it's what you said is true because some of the sugar babies complain on this on this website that i'm going to reference later called seeking arrangement which is basically where you sign up you sign up to be a sugar baby or you know you sign up give some girl your money a lot of girls complain apparently because uh it's not as easy as it sounds if you're only in it for an allowance quote unquote yeah. They call the unofficial financial agreements. They'll sense it if you're only in it for that. And yeah. the quote literally says, they're not stupid. They have money for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind it's, of, I don't know. It's weird. It's a it's a difficult thing to navigate because, you know, our culture sort of projected as like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, this guy wants to just pay for me and I can do whatever I want. No, 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 no. It's a lot more. Well, that's like OnlyFans, I think. Mm, you know what i don't dabble in OnlyFans, so i can't speak on it yeah me neither i feel like it's weird with only fans and sugar babies most sugar babies are women they are women so that's the thing it's like why are women so highly valued and why are men so lonely that they're willing to pay money that they earned and worked for you know essentially they're not really gaining much except for companionship but you're paying for it so it's not even worth you know it's not real yeah, it's definitely something. It's something synthetic. But they know that. They know that in the transaction. Like they they know that. They know deep down inside. Yeah, of course they're not an idiot. Like they know that when yeah. they buy this bitch a Birkin bag and you know she sucks them off, that's not you know that ain't love. She wants the Birkin bag. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I I think I think a lot of it is just really just like portraying or making up your own fantasy in your mind and sort of constituting your own reality based upon that fantasy. And like seeing what's not there and like having expectations that just really aren't realistic or just like perceiving things in a way that just aren't truly representative of what they actually are. And that's the sad reality. This isn't very much of a new thing. I actually, you know, I did the research today and apparently this has been around since like late 19th century. And it was actually called treating back then where a man would pay a woman, you know, to be an escort essentially and he provide them with housing and financials and everything else. Interesting. So it's interesting. And I think when they did a study with chimps, they introduced money into, into chimps. Chimps? Like the yeah. animal? Oh. Yeah. They introduced the currency. It, was, it wasn't real money, obviously. Oh, but they like, used some kind of currency. And the, one of the first things those chimps paid for was sex. Wow. Nice. Yeah. But sex, very lucrative business. I mean, whoop! I should. Sex is a very lucrative market. I guess I should say that. <laughs> Not business. Um, according is- to Seeking Arrangements, the their statistics, the average sugar daddy is thirty eight and makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, while the average sugar baby is twenty five and makes twenty eight hundred a month from the sugar daddy. Hmm. That's, so a, that's, that's- interesting. A ni- yeah, that's a nice. I could use three grand a freaking month. A month? That's not bad. Yeah, that's um, not something to get me by. 
if you're listening, you're interested, Zen's openly available. His Instagram will be linked down Please below. Please send your application uh, fast because tuition payments are coming up. So <laughs> That's the thing, though, with Adam or Howard and what's that girl's name? Jules? That's the thing yeah. with their relationship. She yeah. kind of cares for him, though, like for real. Yeah, she does care for him in a way. And I think the fact that she cares is like, really, it's it sort of like presents the idea that there can be love in something that's robotic or there can be love in something that's not meant to have love in it. You know, it's sort of like she cares for him and she's 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 only being human. You know, she's only being human. Like, and that's something yeah. that's sympathetic. Yeah, exactly. Moving on. That's all we have from the Real Talk segment. I didn't even say introduce the Real Talk segment this time. Okay. Probably should have done that. Either way, moving on to the bitching segment. We're back again. Back again. We're gonna be bitching real hard this time, though. Bitching real hard. Then, mm-hmm. what did you? What topic did you choose for your for the segment? Oh my gosh! So I know exactly what I'm gonna talk about. There was this housemate that we live with, and she said a comment that I was not happy about at all. Like. Mind you, the people. Yes, mind you, the people in my house are very. It's it's it's. There's quite a binary. There are, half of us, half of half of them, half of them are white, and half of us are Asian, or mixed, or colored, or whatever. But anyways, so she, we were at dinner one time, and she said we were talking about scholarships because people noticed that I was left-handed at the dinner table. They were like, "Oh wow, you're left-handed," and I was like, "Yeah, I am." And they're like, "You know, you could have actually gotten a scholarship for that." And, okay, that statement already is only partially true because that scholarship is only offered through a specific university. But, yes, that's true. But my friend, we had another friend who was named, I'm not going to say her name, but anyways, she goes, this isn't the girl who I'm mad at. This is just another person. She goes, oh, yeah, actually, at my college that I went to, since it was primarily white, I got a college for being Asian, for, you know, representing that demographic. And I'm not even kidding you, Manny, this other girl at the table, in the dinner table, literally says this in front of everybody. And I was appalled in my response, just expressed that so much. She goes, you got a scholarship for being Asian? And then she was like, oh, yeah, like I did, yada, yada. And she goes, well, what do I get for being white? And I was like, oh, my God. Like she, she like slammed her hands down and like was like yelling, but like she didn't mean to be yelling aggressively, but she was like yelling <laughs> to be heard. And I was like, "Are you serious?" And you know what I said immediately as she asked that. You know exactly what I said. I what said, "What did you I, say, Jen? I said, Tell I said privilege. I said that's exactly what I said. I said privilege, just like that. And everybody was like, oh, like everybody just like like got quiet. And, and then, what did she say? What did she say back? She didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. What, what is she going to say? There's no way she can say anything. I, I wish she would not to that. I was so angry and upset that she had the nerve to even ask that type of question. And she, mind you, this woman is a teacher, like, in Hawaii. Hawaii is a pretty big melting pot. It's a diverse place, you know. And to say that, oh, my gosh. And to also be in the education field, oh, my God. I could not believe she said that. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was pissed. I was irate. I was livid. And, you know, it kind of just got swept under the rug, but I was still mad the entire time. And that's what I have. When people say racially ignorant comments like that and they don't know how to freaking read the room and, you know, sort of look at your audience, you know, open your eyes. Why would you say something like that? Like, 
God damn, are you an idiot? Like, Jesus Christ. Getting into that, there's so so many Wait. things are happening right now. Exactly. You know, obviously, there's things going on right now. There's protests because of the unjustly death of George Floyd, mm-hmm. who was, he was murdered in the street. They were pressed. They were like kneeling on him. One of them was like kneeling on his neck under a car, like, and had him pressed against a car. He was kneeling on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. When he was completely detained, handcuffed, what was... That's was... how much it pisses me off. I don't even have, like, words to... It's sort of unspeakable, and it's sort of just like... Of course, this has been happening for years, and that's definitely something that's horrible to, you know, to black culture and things like that. And, of course, to black people in general. And I think I really just... It's just sort of heartbreaking and just really sad to see that things like this are still occurring and that change is just ever more, you know, needed during times like these, especially in the middle of a global pandemic. Do you think change is going to happen? Have you seen the the news and all of that about the riots and protests and all that? Do you, you know, people are pretty outraged. Do you think, do you foresee change in the future? I do see people... I do see change happening. It might not happen with this in this this un- act of un- injustice. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word to say. I'm sorry. Um, it might not happen like right now with this. It might happen, you know, either the next time or maybe a couple times after that. But I do feel like either if it doesn't come now, it's coming soon because people are getting pissed. You know, of course, as 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 everybody should, as we should be. You know, they're they're killing black young black men innocently in the streets like this. Like this is ridiculous. And it's just, it's horrible. And it's just like, we're really seeing how institutionalized racism is playing out and affecting the public. And it's just disgusting to see that this is still going on in 2020. Um, But yeah, and it's, it's just, I really hope things do change. If you know, I hope I encourage everybody to be a part of that change in some way and to help contribute to that change, because it is very important. Um, It is very important. Even if you are like, you, you don't have to be black like me or whatever. Like, you don't have to like, be a person of you don't have to be black if, of course to care about racism because racism affects everybody but you know uh, it's definitely if you do have even if you're white it doesn't matter still utilize your privilege for something good you know and try to help out those who who can't help themselves so much controversy surrounding this topic like there's protests going on and then there's rioting and looting and people are against the protest because of the rioting and the looting but the thing is, there's actual evidence that the police are the ones instigating and providing, you know, equipment to riot and loot. There, there are literally stacks of bricks on the sidewalks, like, and they're like, go use these to break windows that. to make your movement look like a fraud movement. And then there are the, the smart people who are aware and they say, no, we're not using that. We're not doing that. You know, there's plenty of videos out there. There's this white guy who chased after this black kid who was skating not he was guarding not even a, a bar he owned but a bar he liked like he went there so he yeah. went to a sword at the store he brought a sword to the storefront and this black kid skated past him and he started chasing at him with a sword jesus christ luckily there was a crowd of people there to fully attack the man with the sword and they literally curb stomped him and i'm not that's the thing like violence you know I'm not going to speak on it, but violence helped save someone's life that day. I will say that. Because who knows what would have happened if no one was there and he chased after him with the sword. 
Exactly. Like what, for no reason. He wasn't even near the storefront. He's just so power hungry that he, you know, saw some kid and he was like, I'm going to stab him because I can. There's so much surrounding this topic and it's. Uh, exactly. It's so. And then there's people standing up for cops and it's, you know, there are good cops, but there, there's also bad ones. And it's exactly. not like people were saying there are good cops, you know, we, we can't forget there are good cops. But it's like, yeah, but we're not going to forget there's bad ones. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't, you know, they don't say the same thing about, you know, black people whenever they, you know, they put exactly. us on and they're not like, oh, well, there's good black people. You know, no, they don't say that. They, they don't say that shit. They fully generalize black people like, oh, they're, they're all bad. Or any person of color, you know, any racist would do that. I don't know what else to say about this. You know, what what else to say that hasn't already been said? Uh, this Killer Mike, he's a like rapper and an activist. He did a great speech on the news. It's like all over Twitter, so you can find it easily. Definitely mm. recommend watching it. It's super good. Uh, you can really hear the pain in his voice. It's super hard to hear. Okay. Rest in peace, George Floyd. That's such a... <sighs> and the guy only got 25 years. The cop. He only got 25 years. Yeah. That's... that's... For murder. I don't know. The world feels like it's burning down right now. I saw that. I hope, I hope change comes soon. That's all I, I want to say. Same. But uh, what, what were you saying then? I said I saw them like pushing people in the street. It was just, it was just disgusting. I could not even believe it. They were just like, I'm talking about like, you know, this girl. There, there, there was a guy who maced a little girl in the face, like up caught, like a grown ass man. Like maced a like nine year old or seven year old girl. Christine was showing it to me this morning. Um, That's so in, sad. In the face, and I was like, "Are you serious? Like, you really like you really just want to sort of abuse your power like that and sort of be at the top of the social hierarchy here and wield your power like that? Like, that's just disgusting. I could not even believe my eyes." Yeah, if you're you know trying to make change in any way you can, if you want, donate. You know. If you're wanting to be a sugar daddy and you want to be Zen sugar daddy, instead of being that, just go donate your money that you would have given to Zen to the cause. Do that. The cause is more important than me. So do that. Yeah, go do that. Sorry. But uh, to end this on a a lighter note, note. it's uh, whatever. It's a lot. But to end it on a lighter note, the topic I chose for mine is uh, YouTube ads. I don't know if it's just me, like this specific kind of ad, but I keep seeing these ads, these YouTube ads, or these kids, you know, teenagers around my age. They're not teenagers per se. They're not like 13. They're like 18 to 20. And they have like baby faces. They still have acne on their face. And they keep trying to sell these like get rich quick schemes on the ads. Like, Like we're all stupid enough to believe them. And they'll say like how much money they made, like, yeah, sure, you made all that money through whatever thing you're trying to sell me, whatever program you did, trying to sell me how you made all this money. And mm-hmm. they just like to say they all they have it all figured out. And also, I get, I get, uh, I get these ads, too, of, like, the guy, like, trying to sell it. This one secret will get women to fall in love with you instantly. I'm pretty sure that's a Pornhub ad, Manny. Are you sure this is YouTube? No, it's not. I swear to God. There's this specific one where he's like, how does a 40-year, or, like, he's, like, 28 or something, he's like, how does a 28 year old five foot seven balding Indian guy get a girl like this? And he's like, I'll tell you how. And then the ad is like five minutes long about his program and how to do it. Definitely. A point. It's not, 
but I keep seeing those. These guys keep trying to sell me stuff and it just pisses me off. I wish I could afford YouTube premium, but it's $15 a month. I'm not paying that. For anyone falling for it, like, what? like anyone, who has, anyone who has figured out how to get rich will not make you pay for the information on how to get rich because they've already achieved it. They're already rich enough. And if someone is charging you for information on how to get rich, then you are the way they're getting rich. They're charging you money. They charge idiots like you to take their special limited time offer course. You know, it ends in five minutes. You better buy it now. And that (laughs) money you gave them goes straight into their pocket. If you want to make money, look at a passive income, research that and invest your money in stocks, but do the work and the research to know what to buy and what you're getting into before you do it. Mm -hmm. That's, it just upsets me. Like that people are still falling for these scams. Like these aren't going to work. Are you saying that because you bought one of these? I don't, I don't think are I you? ever had Oh, okay. I don't even pay attention to YouTube ads. They're usually for t- three seconds and then skip. That's it. My life, Yeah, I don't even... I'm I'm sorry you feel that way. I have no idea that YouTube ads grinded your gears. They, like in, they grind my gears. They uh, take the jam out of my donut or the jelly out of my donut, whatever it was. But... They just infuriate me so much because I just want to watch the video, mm-hmm. you know. And I, never mind. I'm not even gonna get it. I'm just too, too much fueling rage in yeah. my veins right now. You just want to watch your porn. It's okay. You get it. I don't want to watch porn. That's ultimate. Or that's fuck. I was. That's uncut gems, sugar daddies, and YouTube ads, and racism, and racism. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to protest? Please. Please be safe. Be careful. Read the little guides that people were putting out on social media. Just be aware surroundings watch out for you know just be safe yeah of course definitely prepare beforehand don't just go into something all right and that's all we have for you today thank you for joining us on the seventh episode i hope you all enjoyed this one i I hope you all enjoyed this one as much as you enjoyed the last episode zen was on zen is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off um no you guys stay safe take it easy um catch y'all later that's it don't overload yourself with social media and try to keep up with all this take a break i I almost cried like scrolling through twitter because it was just so much hate from the the police not hate from the protesters but the police and just seeing it all like because they took past incidents and they basically compiled it and i was just scrolling through it and i could not it was it was bad but it's a lot uh if you that's it. All right. And if you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe to Evergreen Radio on Apple Podcasts or give us a follow if you're listening on Spotify. And to all my Apple listeners, please give a rating down below. It helps a lot. Also, five make stars, sure to follow. Five, exactly. only. five stars and done. Five stars only like the restaurant Zen eats at. Thank you for that. <laughs> also, make sure to go follow my podcast account on Instagram at Evergreen Radio Show. That's all together. And Twitter at Evergreen Radio 1. That's all together as well. That's where I announce all of the movies we discuss for the next episode. I do some polls and other fun stuff to get feedback from y'all and make this a better show uh, for y'all. I'd also like to thank Zen for joining me today. So thanks, Zen. And thank y'all for listening. And as always, but especially right now, be safe. Stay safe. And see you later. See ya. Woo.